with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. A very good evening to one and all. Welcome to Full Time with myself, Martin Quilty, here on this Monday evening, the 29th of May. Well, we have a busy show coming up for you uh, during this evening. We are going to be talking all things GAA related. We will have two-time All-Ireland winner Adrian Ronan on to discuss Kilkenny's defeat, uh, or Wexford's defeat, rather, to Kilkenny at the weekend. And we'll also be having a look back at the Joe McDonough Cup final last Saturday evening in Crow Park and Terence Kelly will be joining me on the phone line and let's take a trip back to Crow Park last Saturday evening it was Carlo versus Offaly Joe McDonough Cup final and our own Brendan Hennessy and Terence Kelly was in Crow Park one minute of additional time here come Offaly driving it downfield it's a massive ball Brian Tracy are you coming for it Brian are you coming yeah. oh it's a great take by the sledge he drives no, another no, one no. downfield he drives got another one down good man Chris he has it stick it over the ball Chris go on Chris go on Chris my son I get involved but I don't want to he has he has come on come on come on he's gone over the ball come on come on come on let's face it up face it up Chris Nolan has put over the ball stick to them stick to them he's got the blow the final whistle he's got the blow he's got the blow Carlo break it Fiegrevis Patrick Fiegre get it on that ball hopefully if the score they're going to bring up the penalties to Cappy back. this has been one epic performance by both teams the clock ticks down now 15 seconds remaining and Carlo lead by one point 35-34 Paul Paul Brady captain has it back to Sledge Sledge drives it downfield Somebody, Somebody get the ball. The game is up. The game has to be up. There's three seconds remaining. It's all over, referee. You have to blow the whistle. You have to blow the whistle. Oh, here come Offley. Are we going to penalties? There's the shot. Yes. It's gone wide. It's gone wide. It's wide. wide. It's gone wide. I have think we have it. No. I think we have it. I think we have it. 35-34. Referee from Waterford to have the ball. Go on, Go on, take it. We think we have it. He's got the blood on him. Carolina Joe McDonough champions. What a performance. I told everybody. I told everybody. The lads that said off they didn't play a full team. We told them we would have been the full team. This has been epic. This has been brilliant. They've been absolutely fantastic. It's been absolutely fantastic. We can't take anything from Offaly. But I'm sick telling Carlo people that these are probably the best bunch of men ever to pull on the red, yellow, green for heart, for passion. And they didn't deserve to lose here today. I want to see everybody at the town hall tonight at half past eight. Terence Kelly, it would put hairs on the back of your neck listening back to that again. But what a fantastic victory for Carlo. What a fantastic game overall. I mean, play between two brilliant teams. Offaly certainly made it a fantastic game that it was as well. But Carlo coming away with the victory and doing it in style. And yourself and Brendan Hennessy there to call all the action for us. You were there in Level 7 in Crow Park on Saturday evening. A proud day for every person in Carlo, a proud day for Tom Mullally and a proud day for those Carlo hurlers. They are Joe McDonough champions for 2023. First of all, bring yeah, us back to the game, Terence, because it was a fantastic game of hurling. On top of Brendan and myself, we had Eddie Cody also, the second most capped player in Carlo hurling. So he was along with us also. But listen, bring you back to the game. 
all jokes aside, you don't have a cracking game without having two cracking teams. It was just everything you wanted to know in hurling. It was just a marvellous, marvellous game. From number one to number 26, everybody contributed, like, you know. Carlo, and, you know, in the middle, we had a few very, very controversial decisions, decisions also from the referee. Uh, he's a watchman from Watford, Thomas Walsh, on both sides. On both sides, you know, as I said, that was because one of those games that off they got off to a flyer, they had a goal after 45 seconds with Charlie Mitchell. Two players kind of bumped into one another. It was uh, Owen Cal and Paul Doyle. The ball broke loose, favoured Charlie Mitchell, and he one handed into the net. It was a massive start for him. Carl just showed their colour, came back and got three massive points. A goal to three points. Off they went ahead, one, three to three points, and were starting to come under pressure. But who had a couple of great chances. Chris had a great chance, an outstanding save from Stephen Cochran in the goal. Yeah, Mark he was brilliant, to be chance. fair. An outstanding save again from Stephen Cochran. Paddy Boland got through. Not the best hit shot in the world, but nevertheless, the goal, he had to deal with it. But even though we were behind by three points, we were, we were playing really well. We were looking for goals, and after the first initial break, like that, Ossie got the goal early on. They were quite enough looking. Our earlier power was, you know, it's easy to watch. I'm just saying, in Paddy Boland, you don't remember back in 68, Wexford had a player, Tony Dorn, and all jokes aside, Martin, this man would remind me of him. The higher the ball, the better the man. He was just lording it, right? He was kind of caught after 22 or 3 minutes or 25 minutes, and there was a penalty awarded, and the cornerback, unfortunately, Darren Maher, he got the line like a red card, but it's the rules of the game. He he got caught with the front of his helmet, lifted the front of the helmet, and apparently it necessitated a red card, and he got, like he got the line. There was no malice in the challenge, but nevertheless, they will keep within the rules. It was a red card. Uh, Marty dispatched the penalty, and we were in at half-time leading, I think it was 2-9 to 1-7. Yeah. But it wasn't about the size of the victory or the size of the size of the lead like this was massive hurling this was massive hurling like score for score and we thought like like that nothing equal the first half but wait like I'm up the second half all jokes aside and I suppose just to turn on score. that and you did make it I mean they did go in leading at half time but it could have been so much better apart from the goalkeeper for Offaly because as you say I, I was looking at the, the first half and listening to yourselves yeah. as well um, Carlo could have had four goals in the first 15 minutes after that brilliant start by Offaly and it was a credit to Carlo the way they came back Paddy Bowen, your dead right, was instrumental in the two goals. His first goal uh, was absolutely brilliant. Long ball down to the square, plucked it out of the air. I thought he had a JCB or something that he was gone up so high to pick it down, to be fair to him. Uh, brilliant goal. And then, as you say, he won the penalty and Marty dispatched it as well. So, overall, the Carlo boys and Tom Mullally would have been happy enough going in with the lead because they probably thought to themselves, well, we should actually be ahead by a bit more here. Well, probably so. Like, listen, Tom Mullally is one of the shrewdest men in the game. Tom, you don't win titles in Wexford, a couple in Kilkenny, one in Carlo, one in Kildare, a couple of Ireland club titles, and a Joe Mac now, but you know, well, by being a fool. You know, he is extremely, he kind of works, he looks at everything, everything is kind of checked to the last, there's no stone left unturned. But coming out in the second half, as I said, that they have to give credit to Offaly, like they were outstanding, like they got, you know, they raided down, there's a wing forward there, Killian Kiley, he added on a couple of points, and what was a little bit annoying, like the week before, everybody said about Offaly coming with the B squad, right? And it looked as if it was the B squad. But they had to call on four doors players last Sunday. 
And when the four substitutes came in from the B squad as such, the scored six points from play. Yeah, they did. They made a you huge know. difference. They made like they made a huge difference. But getting back to the car, like getting back to the car team from Brian Tracy to Paddy Bowling from number one to number fifteen. Like this was this was a phenomenal performance. Absolutely, like you know, Paul Doyle had his problems early on with Owen Carl for the first seven or eight minutes, but over the ninety minutes, Paul won the battle. I was a little bit afraid of Conor Laura with the white spaces in Crow Park. Peter began the man with a big pedigree, Brian Dyke and Michael Dyke's son, a man with a huge pedigree in the hurling world. Uh, Brian Dyke, Brian Dyke was taken off him. I was a little bit afraid of of Conor, as I said. I was wrong, Conor. Fair play to you. Congrats. Wonderful game. And uh, in the other corner, Jack McCullough, early on in the year, I kind of thought Jack McCullough, he was a great athlete. Was he a good hurler? I kind of thinking to myself, I was completely wrong. A phenomenal hurler, so he is with an engine and a half. Coming out to the half-back line, young Fitzpatrick is another chap. He has uh, added a couple of points in every match. Like, he's going from strength to strength. He never stops running. The Emmerborn, the sledge. We know him as the sledge, Martin, like, you know. He's a fella, you know, you could carry him today from Ballamurphy, where he's from, the Belfast, and you wouldn't know if he was a hurler like, if you didn't know about hurling. He's one of those laid-back chaps, like, you know, very, very down-to-earth young lad. But Dermot, like, you know, the harder the man, the better Dermot is. Like, he's a hardy boy, a hardy boy. Phenomenal game. And in extra time, in the last 20 minutes, he was the man that stood tall. He was the man that absolutely, now he got a point from possibly over 100 yards, like, to equalise the game in the 19th minute of extra time. And then supplied the pass to Chris Noel. And it was ironic that Chris got that, because Chris is the most decorated player now in Joe Mac hurling. Chris has two Joe Macs now. He has a Christie ring. He has four Joe Max All-Stars, as I speak to you. There's another one on the way, without a shadow of a doubt. And it was ironic like that he got the, got he, that he got the winning score, like, you know. But going around the middle of the field, Conor Keogh was one of those athletes. He'll never stop running. He is a sack for his club, for his county, for his college. He added into a couple of points. And Kevin Mack, when you see the like of Kevin Mack, when you see John Michael Nolan, when you see Jack Kevin and John Nolan, or, and, and um, John Michael Nolan and John Nolan, Jack Kevin, and uh, Kevin McDonald having to leave the field, literally being helped off the field. Because they're phenomenal athletes, like, you know, they'll never, they'll never stop going and working for the team. Like, we're a very small pool of players. Absolutely very, very small pool of players. And, uh, you know, as I said, we're kind of punching above our weight big time. I've been saying this for a long time. Early on, early on in the year, we kind of got a few difficult results in the league. And you kind of set me one even, you know, well, Should actually, I'm, I'm going to hold you on that one now just to talk about the, the difficult league start because Terence is going to stay with me for a second. I have a quick break to take, so don't go anywhere, folks. We will be right back with the great man, Terence Kelly, right after this quick break. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Yes, welcome back into full time with myself here on this Monday evening and I'm still joined on the telephone line by Terence Kelly and we are discussing Carlo's magnificent Joe McDonough Cup win last Saturday evening. The dinner's ready. Text and WhatsApp line is available on 083 306 9696. We'd love to hear from all of the Carlo people out there and the Kilkenny people because there's lots of Kilkenny 
uh, supporters that was following the game and delighted that Carlo won as well. So please do get in touch. Send us your best wish messages, best wishes towards the uh, Carlo team, even tongue tied here at this moment in time. But Terence is still with me, and Terence, we were having a chat there before the ad break uh, about Dear McBurn and his magnificent point beforehand, um, and we're going to have a chat about the, the forwards now as well. But Diarmid was also instrumental in Chris Nolan's uh, winner because he caught the ball on his own 13 metre line for that and his first instinct was to get the ball as quick as he could down to the forwards and that was to Chris Nolan and he plucked that ball out of the air, went on a little run, got possession, rounded one defender, then shimmied back onto his right hand side, put over the point. It was an absolute brilliant piece of skill by both Deirdre Byrne and Chris Nolan and what a way to win a game if anything. Now I know we had a last minute uh, reprieval maybe by the Offaly player going for a shot and it could have went to penalties but it didn't. It went wide. Um, it was a magnificent day though for Car- or for Carlo but Deirdre Byrne and Chris Nolan as you say instrumental but you want to have a chat about the forwards because the forwards really I were know. immense on Saturday evening. <laughs> well, well just getting back to where we started or finished before the ad break there you, know, you were just kind of saying to me without telling me that maybe with a few bad league results, maybe to be better off in the you know in the Christie ring for a year. Listen, I wasn't guaranteed. I wasn't guaranteeing it like that. We were going to win the Joe Mac. I said to be very competitive in it. Like you know, I kind of thought Offaly would be a problem. I thought Leeds would be a problem. But listen, they were unbeaten in the competition. Brilliant performances all along. Getting back to the forwards, John Olin to me he had the best game of his intercounty career. Now that chap literally had to be helped off the field. He ran himself into the ground. He is uh, is now standing hurdle. He got three cracking scores, so he did, you know. And to me, there could be about five players up for the man. I think it was unfortunate like, that they had to give one man to the match. There were so many players, you know, would have fitted the code on the day. Paddy Bowen was outstanding. James Bay was outstanding. John Brian or, or Brian Tracy over the year wouldn't have been in the final only farm. But going to the half hour then, John Nolan has said had the game of his life. Marty Cabinet sent the forward. He's known nationwide. Absolutely nationwide, like, you know, he took his penalty so well, he took his, some of the frees were just out of the top drawer. He had one wide and he had one ball to drop short over the 90 minutes. A phenomenal hurler. Marty's not known nationwide for nothing. And on the other side, James Dyle got three beauties. Absolute beauties, like, but James Dyle has Crow Park. Like, Carlos recording Crow Park is, is fairly is fairly impressive. We don't be there that often, but we generally come out with a bit of silverware. Yeah, exactly. Go into the full forward line. Chris Nolan got four points. Now Chris, he was struggling with a bit of a grind strain. I was speaking with him the night before, and he was kind of hoping it would hold up. He was kind of hoping for the best day, like, you know. And uh, John Michael Nolan, he must have had some bit of an injury. I called for assistance because I wouldn't have taken him off. He was going to the towels for Bosley. Big physical man has been a one of the head men on the Carl Hurling team for the last seven or eight years. Great hurler, great hand, and it was the physical height of Carla like to cause problems. So Carla or obviously so many problems. But what about Paddy Boland? This yeah, man, unreal. I tell you one thing, he's unreal. Like you know, I tell you the one thing to talk about Diego Maradona, the hand of God. We're talking about the hand of Paddy here, like you know, <laughs> he's a phenomenal hurler, like you know. I I, I you can't know, remember where it was, Terence, but someone put up a, a post on Twitter earlier on today with a JCB bucket, and it was so big that that was alluding to Paddy Boland's the size of his hand, like because everything that he yeah. went to try and catch on Saturday, he was just plucking balls out of the air, the same as he was floating fifty feet above the, the sky. It was it uh, was unreal and a fantastic player. Yeah. Now I want to bring you back as well because um, I was chatting to you all those times with Kyo Cup the 
bleak format, etc. And I was probably a bit sceptical and maybe a bit critical of the team, maybe unjustly, but you have to go on results, as you know as well, when things are coming into us. But in fairness, and you said Tom Mullally is a shrewd man, he certainly was because I think all along, Carlo have a small pool of players and everybody knows that. And you haven't got it, and he alluded to it as well in his post-match interviews with the media afterwards, that they haven't got the depth of the squad or the players to be able to compete in the Kyo Cup, the uh, the National League, and then try and compete for the Joe McDonough as well. So all along, the Joe Mac was certainly on their radar to try and go and win it. And it was a shrewd bit of work from Tom Mullally and all the backroom team because results may not have gone their way in the Kyo Cup or in the National League, but all that has gone out the window now, Terence, because the Joe Mac, they are winners. They're now going off to play Dublin in a couple uh, of weeks' time on the 24th of June in the preliminary quarterfinals. And that is where Carlo wants to be. And they'll now compete in, if I'm not mistaken, the Leinster Championship next year. Yeah, yeah. well, in fact, I, I, I think it's the 17th of June now. I think it's the 17th. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, right, no I was just looking earlier on. It was either the 17th or the 24th, but one or the other anyway. Yeah, we'll no, confirm that. The 17th or the 24th, like, we'll have a team. No, but I said it's very easy to say, but we weren't maybe over competitive. Uh, Tommy could only pick from the pool of players. We had a lot of injuries. We had a lot, a lot of injuries early on, like, you know, a few people out of contention. And another player that would have been fitting in there very well now, you know, was young Kieran Whelan. He has been a phenomenal player with the county for many years. A lot of injuries, and he was almost back, and he tweaked something again. So, with him over the weekend there, like, and the chap was heartbroken. But, you know, as well as having a good team, you have to have a good panel of subs, like, you know, and we just have to give him a quick mention, Damien Jordan, J.P. Tracy, Richard Cody, the most capped player in the, in the game of hurling in Carlo, which was the one that gave, that gave Damien Byrne that pass for that 100 metre uh, equalising point. The Joyce brothers, Michael and Sean, Fico Tool, and uh, you had Paddy O'Shea, Kieran Kavanagh, John Dyle and Larkin Dyle. And, you know, as I said, without those players pushing the players on the field, like, you won't have a great team, like, you know. So, you know, as I said, those are the players, like the meta players. But getting back to Carl, like it was a phenomenal performance, like, you know, as I said, as after the game, it was people were talking about the phenomenal performance and also about a couple of very controversial decisions. Like, you are a referee yourself, like, you know, and maybe you don't agree with me. Like, I, I, do, I don't, because I, I even had a spat with poor Brendan, uh, even at half time on it, because as much as people give out about the referees and yes there was maybe a couple of controversial yeah. decisions but in fairness to Tommy Welsh um, and I, if I if I back a referee because I think he done well I will if they were wrong I would say they were wrong as well but I think he actually added to the spectacle because he wasn't blown for both teams he left it flow as no, much as he could yes he could have yeah. blown maybe a bit more and there could have been a few more frees in but then we'd be given out that it was a free fest as well so yeah, in I fairness know. to him I, yeah. I think he done a great job on it well, you have a point. Well, I'd, I'd say, well, I'm not saying he was picking out our team. But what I am saying is there were some very, very strange decisions. And I said there was one early on to Offie, like, it was almost a card. And the Dean Reborn case, within a few minutes of that was, it was a blatant free. But, listen, as I said that, well, you know, you accept your ideas and I think my way. But what I'm trying to say is that, it was like Hurling was the winner on the day. It certainly Hurling was. was the winner on, on the day. And a lot of people said, for God's sake, off these shot their sets in the foot. They weren't let shoot. I'm just saying, they were closed down literally all the time. They had 22 or 3 or 4 wides. I'm not sure what it is. Carl had probably somewhere like around half of that league, you know? Yeah, hopefully had 26 but, in total. Yeah, it was a league. I'd say Carl must have had 10 or 12. Listen, I haven't the stats with me, but it's such a push. As I said, 
you know, as I said, that they were harassed for every time they went to take a shot. Like, it's a, the walk rate of Carlo, and when you see the like of four players literally being helped off the field, and it wasn't put down an act. You know, I said, like, they died for their colours, and I said, Hurling was the winner on the day, and you have to give massive credit to Offaly also. Exactly, and Hurland certainly was the winner on the day. Congrats to everybody involved in Carlo. Terence, thank you so much. We could dedicate the whole show this evening to Carlo's fantastic win, but unfortunately, I have other little bits to get through as well. But my many thanks to you for all of your help over the last number of weeks throughout the pre-season, the National League, and indeed being there and having a chat to us this evening as well to watch Carlo get the Joe McDonough Cup back for the first time since it was inaugurated in 2018 and we look forward um, to their game against Dublin in a couple of weeks time which is in Netwatch yeah. Cullen Park and that'll be important that the crowd gets there yeah. to support Carlo against the Dubs and and just to finish up I said there's a night this evening down in St. Moran's like practically the home of Hurling at the present time county champions and they had a good, good final players on the team and there's a meeting up with the players there to see him for any youngsters around, you know, a big grand farm to like to meet the players and the players like would love to meet them. And there's a bit of an autograph signing down there. There's a bit of a meal for the lads and down in the picturesque St. Moran's. So it would be a lovely place to pass a few hours. Listen, thanks for having me on. Anyway, and congrats again to Carlo. And hopefully we'll have a massive crowd in Carlo. I think it's the 17th. I may be wrong. No, you're dead right. We've, we've double, we've double checked it. It's actually the 24th is down for yeah, the quarter yeah, final. Yeah, well, so I, yeah, 17th, you're dead right. Weekend, it's the weekend of the 17th. It could be the 18th. Also. Like 17th is on a Saturday. And it's either the 17th or 18th. I think it's the 17th, but don't worry. We'll find out. Exactly. Right, Terence Kelly, appreciate it as always. And well done to yourself and Brendan and to uh, Mr. And Cody, Cody there. Yeah, for yeah, brilliant yeah, commentary yeah. and keeping us entertained. And no doubt you'll be at it again in a couple of weeks' time for that uh, All-Ireland uh, prelim game against Dublin in Netwatch Cullen Park. Terence, enjoy the rest of your evening. I'd say you're on your way to St Mullins. If you want, to get down to St Mullins, meet the players. By all means, please do. They'd love to see you. Get your autographs and a few photographs taken as well while they're still celebrating and enjoy the rest of your Monday evening. Terence, thanks a million as always. Alright, thank you, Martin. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Terence Kelly there having a chat with us. Right, I'm excited. I actually have a few text messages in here to the Dinners Ready WhatsApp message line this evening. So we have one Kilkenny lady who has texted us in to say, Oh my God, what a game between Carlo and Offaly. Congrats to Carlo. It's always hard when any team has to lose. And that's in from a Kilkenny lady. And another one here that says, Many congrats to all of the Carlo team and the management. It was a magical day for all the Carlo people. Well done to the commentary team on the radio I got to listen to is today from Cora O'Reilly so thank you very much to all who has texted in on that right we have to take another quick break when we come back I will have some post-match interviews from goal scorer Paddy uh, Boland and also from Carlo captain um Paul Nolan and we will get them after the break and I will also be speaking to two-time All-Ireland winner Adrian Ronnie Ronan on Wexford's win over Kilkenny so don't go anywhere we'll be back in a jiffy Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Yes, welcome back. 25 to 7 on this Monday evening and I'm going to go straight to the phone line and have a chat to Adrian Ronnie Ronan, the two-time All-Ireland winner who was in Chadwick's Wexford Park yesterday for Kilkenny and Wexford Kilkenny already into the Leinster final. Who would they be playing? Well, that was going to be decided between Dublin and Galway, but there was more pressing matters because a victory for Kilkenny would have relegated Wexford to the Joe McDonough Cup competition for 2024. It didn't happen that way, though. 
Adrian Wexford coming away with a two-point victory in a nine-goal thriller. And the weather was brilliant as well. It couldn't have been uh, a better day for hurling. Give us a, a short rundown of the game because it sounded and it looked like that it was going to be a, a fantastic cracker, which it looked to be. Wexford, though, coming away with the victory. Yeah, well, it all started off, as you said, Martin, was uh, a lot of permutations to be played for. Uh, Wexford, obviously, playing for their lives and relegation. Kilkenny, uh, certainly true to the playoffs, but could... Uh, make a Leinster final if they performed so uh, straight away we had a, a 10 minute delay because of crowd uh, and traffic congestion uh, I'm not too sure we were in the, in, in the picture at the time not sure how bad that was but there was certainly a lot of people and crowd coming in uh, as the game started Kilkenny then obviously made a few changes from the team that was picked obviously Richie Reid was injured and he had a huge loss along with Paddy uh, Deegan and Billy Ryan so there was three changes Parik Welsh uh, Billy Drennan and uh, Wally uh, were replaced so Kilkenny got off to a brilliant start uh, uh, ended up 2-4 two, two to 4 points so they were after 20 minutes they were flying at 2-6 six to 6 points and then the Wexford got a goal from a penalty and that brought them back into the game and that obviously gave huge energy to the players huge energy to the Wexford supporters and from there on in the last 10-15 minutes of the first half Wexford tapped on um three or four or five points and we didn't with a one point lead which is hard to believe after 15 minutes that they win with a one point lead but the crowd were on, on a high they had already sang Boo Devoe with Anthony Kearns they had already lifted the, as much as they could to try to lift the spirits of the crowd so Westford crowd were in great spirits at half time and then from then afterwards it turned out to be a thriller um, as you said nine goal thriller and Wexford uh, came back out and then they went into a six point being two great goals from Limo McGovern Lee Chin tapping over a few points then thankfully Owen Cody got a great goal he brought back the game to give it 3-14 to 4-13 end to end stuff Lee Chin and Rory O'Connor got two great scores Alan Murphy got a great point he came on for Kilkenny and then Tom Phelan got a brilliant brilliant goal he had a great afternoon scoring 1-4 and he got a great great goal um to put the settle Kilkenny again to bring it back to 4.16 to 4.17 Wexford were still in the lead then we brought it back to a draw game 4.17 to 4.17 and Owen Cody got a brilliant goal you'd say then we'd pull away but unfortunately for us Lee Chin popped up again two great points Cottle Dunbar got a line ball from 50 yards and then Oshin Foley and Cottle Dunbar got two great points to win the game and we had a disallowed goal it was absolutely end-to-end stuff Thrilling game, had everything, and as we said, Hurling was the winner. It was a great, great game, and sometimes when you're caught in the emotion of the game, you're um, not sure, but I was at um, a graveyard mass yesterday evening, and I met two uh, great Kilkenny's followers. We'll call them Jack and John. Everyone knows the follies Kilkenny Hurling, and I asked the boys just to make sure was I at the same match. I said, what kind of a match was it, Jack and John? And they both told me, thriller, best game they were at in the last, as good as a game they've been at in 20 years. So I'll take that as an endorsement from genuine Kilkenny supporters. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to believe, all right, especially as you say in the first half, Kilkenny were actually 2 A's to 16 points uh, ahead with just uh, 23 minutes gone on the clock and then Wexford outscoring Kilkenny 2-5 to 2 points in that period to go in, as you say, a point ahead at half time. But the second half really was a thriller. I mean, Wexford going 7 points down, Kilkenny coming back 
back, leading by two with 61 minutes gone on the clock. Um, but Wexford did really finish that strong. But I suppose I have to ask the question, Adrian. Um, that's the second year in a row now that Wexford have beaten Kilkenny and albeit, yes, we did have a few injuries going into it. But they seem to be a bit of a hoodoo for Kilkenny. But also, if they can play that well against Kilkenny, why were they in that situation in the first place to have to try and get a result? I mean, the couple of results uh, gone the previous games before it, you'd be thinking if they can play that good one day, well, how come they can't replicate it another day? Yeah, that's the, probably the, 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 the million dollar question for all the Wex for people in public and uh, and their, their followers because it's very hard to see uh, the, the, the performance um, that they had yesterday that we could be so good and yet, as you rightly said, had been so stuttered over the last six uh, weeks or seven weeks in particular. But look, they were fighting for their life both days. Last year they were fighting to survive to get through to the uh, All-Ireland qualifiers or Leinster qualifiers. They did that. And yesterday was massive for them to go back to, to Joe McDonough. It would be a huge, huge backward step for Wexford Hurling, for Leinster Hurling. And that just brought momentum, as we said, and brought that spirit, that unity and that emotion. And you know, people, you know, as we, as we mentioned on the radio, they're hugely proud uh, Wexford, uh, passionate people, and they love their hurling. And they do things so well, as I said, down in Wexford when it comes to promoting the game and promoting hurling and football. And yesterday, as we said, they just place was full of emotion. As I said, there was a lot of people around us in the press box. And I mean this when grown people, men and women, crying after the game, absolutely crying after the game. That's what it meant to them. We, on the other hand, it's, I felt it was always a tough game for Kilkenny to go down there, um, uh, down in Wexford Park, trying, as we said, we really didn't have a whole lot to play for other than getting to a Leinster final. It wasn't do or die for us. So that's in the back of your mind. Yes, you can try and oil up players and say you're playing for your positions and you're playing to be on the team. But at the end of the day, Wexford just had that little bit more to play for. And then the game did turn. We lost um, uh, Mossy Keown. Adrian Mullen and Mikey Butler all within 10 minutes uh, before the 20th minute and they were three serious losses on top of Billy Ryan Billy, uh, Richie Reid and Paddy Deegan that's six of your team that you had during the last previous matches yeah, and that was going to be my so next question to you about the injuries, yeah. like that it really did hamper the team a small little bit as well because it was disruption uh, towards the way they were able to play and then you had to move players around, etc. So, you know, in fairness to Derek, he was trying to, to win a, a game, you know, but he was hampered and his hands were nearly tied behind his back at the same time. Yeah, as you said there, like he was enforced three changes and there may be six changes before uh, Saturday evening, but three then on the day within 20 minutes. And when is the last time a Kilkenny team lost three players and three marquee players uh, during the first half? So there were huge losses to Kilkenny and that obviously played to Wexford's advantage. But at the same time, you have to give Wexford great credit to fought, as we said, on their backs got great scores um, and must say as good as we were and I have to give great credit uh, to, to Lee Chin um, Dermot O'Keefe going back as a sweeper they tried to play as man to man the first 20 minutes and it didn't work and they brought back Dermot O'Keefe as a sweeper and that worked hugely for their for the Wexford guys but Lee Chin's contribution when you talk about hurlers and we talk about TJ and we talk about Pat Horgan and all these great hurlers Chin is up there as one of those great hurlers I've seen him over the years and maybe didn't give him the credit he deserved but yesterday he dragged Wexford on his own at times he won balls he shouldn't have won he fought for balls he shouldn't have won and I just thought over the hours hurling he was the leading player uh, for Wexford and, and, and to be fair to Wexford as we said they won. They had more to play for. Simple as that. We didn't have, as we said, yes, it's disappointing to concede um, uh, four goals. Uh, and yes, we have question marks. And yes, we have issues. 
However, I think, and we we discussed it after the game, I think, and we all know this, Martin, from sport, I think you often learn more in defeat than you do in victory. That's and true. And I think, and I hope, I think and I hope that Kilkenny and Derek Ling will learn more. I think from a supporter and from a, a pundit or whatever we are called, I believe Kilkenny learned a lot, lot more from the defeat yesterday. I've seen things, we've seen things that we can improve on or things that didn't work and things that may not work. So I think that Derek Ling will be presently, if he can if he can turn it around, it's not major surgery or anything like that, but the big concern for us is the injuries now. We can't, no more than any team, you can't afford to be down Richie Reid, Paddy Deegan, Martin Keown, um, uh, um, Mikey Butler, and um, whoever, I forget the last lad, sorry. Um, but we can't afford to be down to all those players, those five players or six players, Adrian Mullen, sorry. And that's the big concern going into uh, uh, a Leinster final against Galway. Because I suppose the only thing, Adrian, on that is they have a bit of time to get those players back because the Leinster final is not going to be until the 11th of July. Yeah. Now, two weeks for a hamstring injury is, is very tight for Massey Keown. Surgery on uh, Adrian Mullen's thumb is not going to be right in two weeks. Mikey Butler might have a chance with a calf injury. But you would be thinking at this stage that Massey Keown and Adrian Mullen, for sure, are really under pressure. So two weeks uh, is maybe short time for those lads to get right. The big thing for Kilkenny, I suppose, the journey and the easiest route for an All-Ireland this year is to win your Leinster final, get to an All-Ireland semi-final, get your rest, get your injured players back. So winning Leinster, winning Munster is massive. So that's the shortest route to avoid playing quarter-finals, to avoid getting more injuries, to avoid playing Sunday after Sunday. So Kilkenny will want to win a Leinster final, will want to take the shortest route and will want to avoid possibly the Munster champions, which could be Clare or Limerick. So, um, certainly we will be going out to win but we will be down now the good news here is we had Richie Hogan back on the panel yesterday and we had Mikey Carey back on the 26 yesterday so look while we're losing lads on one side we are getting back other players but if we had a full deck and a, 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 and everyone available and fit you know hopefully we'll have learned a lot from yesterday there is a big learning from yesterday and hopefully we will learn but the concession of four goals the far side getting five goals was brilliant Owen Cody's like the goals we scored for them were outrageous goals they were brilliantly taken executed goals but as regards character building and mental toughness you know that was huge for Kilkenny yesterday and hopefully that we will learn from it and if we do learn from it then I think um, the only concern we have is injuries it's a pity these guys got injured but look we live yeah. in hope we're going in the right direction. We certainly are. Lots of positives to take out. I did say the 11th of July. It's not. It's actually the 11th of June. Um, that game is down for four o'clock in Co Park and the tickets are available for that game already. Adrian, thanks a mil for joining me this evening. There's lots more that we could have. We could have put in two hours here this evening with everything. But unfortunately, time is running very low on me. Um, this, but uh, thank you very much for your insight as always again here. And we look forward to the Leinster final between Kilkenny and Galway on the 11th of June from Crow Park and no doubt we'll be chatting to you even before that or after it um, coming up onto the knockout and into the quarterfinal series no bother Bert. thanks very much Adrian Bye. thanks Emil as always right as I promised you we were going to hear from Carlos goalscorer Paddy Boland and here he is and here's what he had to say after Carlos victory on Saturday clean day for you isn't it was a clean day for everybody in Cardiff yeah. absolutely unbelievable never never thought be years ago never thought be here you know, so it's absolute how dreams are end up like, you know. You know, I felt you went in the county final was in the 2017. I'm not sure which county final it was, but I felt you made that county final your own that the 2019. 19. Yeah. Edith Joy and Martin Cameron. Everybody's talking about these things and Paddy Boland turns up that day. 
can't remember watching in that day, but you made the final yours and you, your career has just gone from strength to strength since. Yeah, no, it's your 2019. It was the, yeah, the first year I was in at the seniors, probably, and just luckily it was a great year and just took off from there, I suppose. Um, that's what love me hurdle now and no reason I won't stay ahead anymore. I look out there today, you had some great moments and then it was a moment where you took off the ball with white. But we'll only, we'll only be able to manage your chance. That, that's fine then. And, um, look, you hit the post and then you have to go again. Yeah, you get luxury when, when that happens, because suppose it's probably an easy one to, when I was coming through but sure that's it that's exactly it sure when you do do something like that you can't put the head down there's no paper inside yourself so I had to just run back out and get the game again shove on and if you look at it the points as well but Chris Nolan just winning fine give me a point just hopefully Steve Steve when I yeah. uh, you're a point in front and now still defenders have to do the job and by GST they did the job yeah they should they worked hard they made it easy on the forwards I suppose yeah yeah, defenders really did show on the giving great ball to those forwards and make, make the handier to get the score I suppose and it's not you know. the first time you played in front of the big screen you had it with the club didn't you yeah so back in the club you look at the big screen during the game you know with time Tiny I'm not sure. Look, when I suppose when you walk out before the game, yeah. you kind of have a look at the, the stadium itself. But then when you're as soon as the whistle starts, it's like you're home in the backyard. To be honest, I was just, you know. No, no, no. Adi, well done today. Cheers. Thanks very much. That was Carlo goalscorer Paddy Boland. They are having a chat to the media after the game on Saturday. Right, we also had the KCLR sponsored coming the month called Camogie Schools Finals on yesterday and they were held in Young Ireland's GAA five finals in total. Um, and joining me on the phone line right now is Kilkenny Camogie Schools Secretary Sheila Norris who had the owner's task of looking after all of the competition and getting those finals down to the stage yesterday. Sheila, how are you this evening? Um, I'm good, Martin. Yeah, it's good to be on this end of the competition anyway. <laughs> it certainly is. Look, it's been a, a fantastic year. It's the second year in a row that uh, we've had brilliant weather for the KCLR schools finds. It's the second year that KCLR has sponsored the competition as well. And it really was a tremendous day of camogie out in Young Ireland in Gorn with lots of highs, maybe a couple of lows as well with uh, a team maybe not getting on the score sheets. But overall, I think it was a fantastic day for for primary schools uh, players and to be able to go out and show exactly what they're able to do. Oh, absolutely, Martin. I mean, it was a showcase, really, to see so many young girls out playing the sport that we all love. And, like, huge credit has to go to the schools for the getting their matches played and getting them up to speed and getting them ready and giving us their, their own personal time to the te- by the teachers and that uh, to get them all uh, prepared for yesterday. And, look, not just the girls who appeared yesterday, but, like, we had 37 schools that they're about to take part um, in the schools' competitions over the last three months, so... Look, it's a, a big commitment, but look, they were all fantastic and they all got through their games. They certainly did. It's a huge task trying to get that amount of matches played and then to try and get all the finals together because you know yourself it doesn't suit everyone. Schools have holidays, they have school tours in between it, so trying to pick a day that actually suits everybody nearly comes down to being a nightmare situation. But in fairness to all of the 10 schools that was there yesterday, I think every one of them enjoyed their day and it was a brilliant occasion for them all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and they were all given the date maybe two months ago, so they knew the date. So, like, while 
uh, we couldn't get into Nolan Park because purely because of uh, um, so, it's so busy in there. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to get in at the best times, and uh, we had no problem with that. Young Ireland's pitch was in fantastic state yesterday, and like everything, you couldn't they couldn't have done more for us. So it was absolutely fantastic yesterday to get so much done. And the, the, as I say, they were given the date then, so we did tr- see if we could maybe play a couple of matches together but as you say there was so much happening in the school curriculum at this time of the year and the schools were anxious to get them played before the end of May because there's always absenteeism in June but and then there's school trips and there's various things going on with sports days you know yourself there's just so much happening in June in in the national schools. Well, it certainly was a fantastic occasion and great that these young players are able to showcase what they're able to do. And as you say, it's a pity that you can't get it into Nolan Park, but with the scheduling that's there at the minute, it is crazy. And in fairness, I think to Kilkenny GAA, anytime it is available to the Camogie, it nearly is always given. Um, just the scheduling issue this year was unfortunate oh, that it couldn't yeah, be. But like as you we were even told, yeah, I mean, we were told that if we wanted to hold on a few weeks, it wouldn't be as busy, but the schools were anxious to, to have them played with their players rather than trying to maybe we'd be missing two or three players yeah. of each team come whatever day towards the end of June we'd get so exactly better to go ahead and already looking forward to another good day next year as well and you never know I mean we got an extra school this year you might pick up another school next year and make well, it 38 you know, there can't be too many of them not taking part at this stage like um, while the, the you might say it's one school where it's safe safe take my own school for example Piltdown it's Piltdown but it's actually owning in Temple Orm as well taking part and there's a lot of parishes like that where there's two or three smaller schools within the parish coming together so like the, the I'd say there's very few schools now at this stage not taking part at all No well it's great that all the, the boys and the girls both in coming months school are able to get out and play either hurling Absolutely. or camogie and that's exactly what we want and oh, sincere and it's so important for them it is, and a fantastic day for ourselves here in KCLR as well to be associated with the coming months ago finals. And I know of head of sport, our head of sport even, Ken Maguire was out in Young Ireland yesterday, um, and he had a right day as well. So well done yeah, to everyone yeah. involved. Well, actually, yes, and I did mention that to the chairperson, Theresa, there yesterday, how fantastic it was to have KCLR on board, that the profile is, is reaches, is incredible, you know, and we're just so grateful to them for coming on board as a sponsor. Well, we certainly enjoyed it and may it long continue for many more years to come. Sheila, I'm sorry, I'm caught on time there. I'm going to have to rush and That's leave you. But many, thanks. many thanks for coming on this Monday evening Not and giving all. us a talk. And well done to yourself and all the committee uh, on a fantastic job done in getting the school's finals played over the weekend and throughout the year as well. You've done a great job. So take a bow and uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks very much, Martin. Well done. Thanks. That was Sheila Norris there, the Kilkenny Camogie Primary Schools Secretary. I have another quick break to take, but first of all, I have another text in that I'm going to read out first of all, and it's from uh, a listener that says, Wexford is beating Kilkenny with the last four years, and we never had anyone to mark Lee Chin. He nearly always beats Kilkenny on his own. Terrible record against Wexford. Do you agree or disagree? Well, we might find out after this quick break. Full time on KCLOR, with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahards Volkswagen.ie. 
Yes, thank you and welcome back here to KCLR on this Monday evening and full time. God, the time really does fly on a Monday evening. Right, I'm going to run through very quickly the sports roundup. So the KCLR McCalmont Cup came to a close yesterday as Premier Division side Freebooters ran out comfortable 5-0 victors over Division 3 Evergreen 46. In Carlo GAA, the Kamogi Puck Fada and the Hurling Puck Fada are taking place in the Schlieve Bourne, uh in on Mount Leinster Rangers actually this evening, Monday. So we will have news of who has won that coming up tomorrow morning. Probably Ken will have that on the morning report. In Camogie news, Kilkenny beat Dublin 423-16 to in round one of the Glen Dimplex Intermediate Camogie Championship and Carlo drew with Antrim 111 apiece in their first game. Both of those teams will continue uh, next weekend. Carlo beat Kilkenny in the Leinster LGFA final at the weekend. Both teams will start the All-Ireland Championship campaign shortly. The draws for that have been done and there was also lots of handball winners Abby Flanagan and Ellie Road, Neve Drennan Mairead Duggan Blonis Mullins Marie Farrell uh, Laura Doherty Emma Kelly Dara Jordan Dylan Murphy Steve Hine Robbie Lyons Jake O'Neill Connor Minogue Daniel Hayes Darwich Hugh Healy Reen Dowling and Anthony Clifford and Michael Steins and Samuel John O'Shea all winning in B Juvenile County double winners at the weekend as well. Right, that's it from myself here on this evening. Owen Carey is in the building. He'll be here with Fully Loaded from 7 o'clock until 10 this evening. I'll be back with you next Monday on the bank holiday. But for the time being, enjoy your weekend and I will chat to you again next week. Bye. Keeping you in the game and in the know. Full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty.